The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello and welcome to the Murder in Mind podcast, brought to you by SJP World Media. I am one half of your hosting duo, Morty, and I'm joined, as always, on this little project by the man who goes through kitchen knives like he goes through rucksacks, Mr. Cy Powell. (laughs) Hello, how are we doing? I'm great, buddy. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Cheers. Pretty good. Can't wait to get into this because you said you've had two very different opinions on this particular episode, depending on how old you were at the time. I have done. Yeah, and I want to apologize in advance for I'm, I'm essentially sitting in the garden being rained on. Uh, so you might hear that. Um, atmospheric, uh, isn't it? The, the, the noise of the rain yeah. in the background. Yeah, We're setting the mood. We, we right. go to some effort on this uh, on this show. <laughs> He's actually size just edited it in. It's not really yeah, if, it, if it was sunny, we'd have postponed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so I, I mentioned it briefly last time. So we, this week we're looking at um, the BBC uh, show Murder in Mind. Again, we're looking at episode four, which is called uh, Mercy. And um, I, met, I sort of alluded to it last week that when I first watched this as a, I would say I was 17 the first time I remember watching this, when I okay. bought the box set. Um, maybe 16 i'm not sure um i had a completely different view of it as when i rewatched it last year and rewatching it this time uh i'm i still agree with me from last year and i don't know what me from 17 year old me was thinking but i had completely different views but i'll get you know i'll get into that as we as we go along. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see which way Ranger went because that, that would hint at one you know, 17-year-old Jew liking it or disliking it and then you changing your mind. So I'm yes. curious to see which way we go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, before we get into that, just a quick recap from, uh, from last week because we have done the last few times. So last week we looked at episode three and me and Sai differed again. It's the second time we've differed. So uh, we both agreed that episode one teacher should have been kept in mind uh i felt that episode two should be murdered and so i thought it should be kept in mind and last week we almost convinced each other yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're both we're both on the line by the end of it but i settled on keep in mind and so i settled on murder but we both made enough points i think and enough sort of quest enough to make each other question our decision so it'll be interesting to it's- see where we are this is a tiebreaker, this is. It's, it's funny how that sort of thing works, though, because one of the other shows I do for the network, The Waiting Room, looking at Quantum mm. Leap week to week, sometimes Benny, my co-host, and I, will look at an episode of Quantum Leap, we'll sit down to talk about it, and he will be very much convinced of his own opinions, I will be very much convinced of mine, and then by the time we get to the end of the episode talking to each other about it, for example, if I really enjoyed it, Benny turns around and goes, you know what? I don't think it was as bad as I, I first thought, to be fair. <laughs> or it yeah. can work the other way around, where Benny will, Benny will be critical of the episode, and I'll be like, do you know what? You're right. It did suck more than I realised. You know, <laughs> it's quite funny how we kind of convince each other, you know? So, <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the joy of doing stuff like this. Sometimes people pick up things that others don't. Mm. Yeah. So should, should we just get into this, then? Should we yeah, let's do, it. Let's do it. Excellent. Okay, so um, 
we opened as we often do in the dark with a big house as mm. we as we did last bigger than the house last week a lot of these people have a few house. quid don't they yeah, yeah. Well, we say that last week. Obviously, the guy didn't. That was kind of the whole point. That was his motive, yeah. of course. But yeah, they appear point. to have a few quid. Yeah, they're, they're certain, we we've not got into sort of um, the rougher areas really yet, have mm. we? I mean, even episode one, you know, um, uh, Edward was was worth a few bob, wasn't he? he had a big yeah. house, um, and I think old boring fireman Joe had uh, had a, a, a few quid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not. We've we've not gone into sort of um, Morty territory yet, have we? No, um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we open up with a big house, and we've got an elderly-looking couple. So this couple is played by, as I mentioned last week, Timothy West. Did you recognise him? I recognise him, but I can't place where from. He's been in everything. I yeah, can't even. Right, yeah, he's one of those he, that. You, if I know, if I know of him, then he must <laughs> be in a lot of stuff. You know? <laughs> he, I think. I think he was born in his fifties. Right, because he's always looked old. Okay, <laughs> he's still going now. He's, uh, to my knowledge, I believe he's still going now. Why? Okay, I know that he. I know that he rocked up. As I think I mentioned last week, I know that he rocked up in EastEnders a few years ago, maybe twenty fifteen or something like that. Um, and I know it was a big deal because he was a big. He wasn't the kind of actor you would expect to see in EastEnders. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I say he's, he's quite a classically trained actor, and he's, he's you know pretty famous. And his son, um, as I mentioned. He was in a lot of stuff as well. I'm a big fan of Hornblower, and he was in um, a couple of those. Um, but he's he's pretty um, pretty famous guy. And then his wife uh, Margaret is played by uh, Judy Parfit. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. And as I mentioned last week, she's her first credit was in 1956. Um, apparently, she's still going, and she's uh, plays a character called uh, Sister Monica Joan in Better Call the Midwife. Never watched my, it. My mum would know. She loves that show, but it's not something I've seen. Well, apparently she's been in it, I don't know if from the beginning, but she's been in a lot of episodes. Okay. Okay. See, the name... But she's still going. The lady's name, I recognised, but I didn't recognise okay. her. So... Interesting. I yeah. Know, that, I, I can't picture her from anything else. <laughs> no, okay. No, I can't picture her from anything else. Obviously, I've seen her in this a few times. Um. So, yeah. We... Um, we they're looking out into the garden and he pours her a brandy. Um, from, as you mentioned from the house and the way that she's dressed and sort of the way they're speaking, you kind of get they're an upper class yeah. couple really. Um, I've written, I've written here. She necks the brandy. Good girl. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what's yeah, wrong she, with me when I. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> she definitely wanted that diner, didn't she? Um, <laughs> she but, but this is, I suppose, it's going to be a reoccurring theme, I think, as we talk through the episode, as we come to certain points. Uh, there's a moment here with regards to the brandy that uh, it's, it's difficult for me to explain, right? Giving away what I'm getting at, I suppose. But I'll, I'll just, I'll just mm. go ahead and do it. Oh, uh, trying my best not to give away. St- oh, I suppose spoiler alerts for people who haven't seen the episode. If you haven't seen the episode, go check it out for listening to us potentially. Yeah, don't listen to and us then make sure, yeah, That's a make sure, you, yeah, <laughs> make sure you come back though. Um, yeah. <laughs> this. I, I don't know if this was incredibly predictable or I was just quite clever. Okay. Now, my wife gets very, very cross with me 
whenever we watch any of the programs that she enjoys and she's into lots of these uh detective shows and all that sort of stuff because i'll yeah. sit there and i'll have some i'll have it figured out very very quickly and i'll say it was that yeah. person that's how they did it that's why they did it and so on <laughs> and my i don't i don't sit there intentionally trying to i'm not sat there like on edge thinking with my notebook f- trying to figure stuff out and it's i'm just, yeah. sat there, it, just, it, just it just it just pops in my head it just comes <laughs> and, and i'll tell the missus and then it gets to the end of the episode and she's really pissed off then because i'm I would say 99% of the time correct. And I've ruined mm. the surprise or I've ruined the twist or I've ruined the plot of the whole episode of her, some of her favorite shows for her. So yeah. it's got to the point now where I've got to write it on my phone <laughs> so I can show her after the episode. This is her. This is, this is my wife. Sharon. This is her, her, yeah. yeah. This is her sort of, I suppose, compromise to me doing this. <laughs> I still get to write down what I think. You can still she... be smart ass. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But I have to tell her afterwards, right? So I've, I've got, I suppose, uh, I don't know whether uh, there's just the way my mind works or we watch predictable television. I don't know. Uh, I'm not trying to sort of put myself out as being incredibly smart or anything like that, but I tend to be quite accurate when it comes to this sort of thing. Mm. This, there's something that was said in this moment here. As I mean, because because the lady uh, Margaret, we find out her name is. Mm-hmm. She's they obviously had some bad news. She is it, it, it's apparent by the way they're talking without actually using the words that she is basically taking some some drugs and alcohol, and and they're very strongly hinting at she's taking her own life. Yeah. When this is going on, she says the line. I think it was actually about the brandy itself. Well, at least I haven't lost my sm- sense of smell. Straight away, mm. I thought, right, so this isn't what it seems then. And my mind just started wandering, and I kind of came to the conclusion of what the end of the episode would tell us. Oh, wow, from that within, line. Within a couple of minutes. But at the same time, as the show was going on, more things happened that I suppose just cemented what I already thought. If something mm. else had popped in my head, I'd have been steered all over the place with the little subtleties and so on. But I, I think I just got lucky that, that that was the first thing that came to mind. And it kind of, I suppose it, it ran true throughout the episode, I guess. That, that's interesting. Cause, cause that, that line, I never really thought much of it. That's interesting. That kind of, uh, and, and I, la- I was laughing when you said about, about your wife and stuff, because me and my wife, my wife, we don't watch things together that much. Really. Um, she watches lots of Polish TV and well, we just don't. Uh, kids and all that kind of stuff. We used to watch things together, and she used to get really annoyed with me because I did the same thing. And I think it's because I, I I watched a lot of TV, especially yeah. as a teenager. I watched a lot, so I recognise a lot of actors and stuff like that. So she was watching a TV show once, um, and I I wasn't watching it. I wasn't interested. What's it called Kia or something like that? It was about a child going missing, child being murdered or something. Now I'm like, mm. she yeah, was watching it, and I sat down and I looked up at the TV, and there was a scene with these two characters. I went, oh, he did it. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I only really guessed that because the actor that plays it normally plays wrongans and he was playing a nice husband. Okay. So I was like, oh, well, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got previous, just enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's got previous. <laughs> he's so got sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not so much like I can see, sometimes you watch TV and you go, okay, that's a bit predictable, you know, mm. paint by numbers. Um, but a lot of the time it's more to do with the actors. Like I remember watching... Okay. Um, uh, Whitechapel, which I really liked. I really like Whitechapel. Yeah. And they I had... think we, we, sorry, we've, we've kind of discussed where we go after Murder in Mind, haven't we? And Whitechapel yeah. has, has come up in the conversation. I did really love that series. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and um, 
uh, Craig Parkinson is in a scene where he is just uh, standing up a ladder, unscrewing a light bulb. And I was like, well, that that's Craig Parkinson. So he's obviously the baddie because you wouldn't have Craig <laughs> Parkinson as a background <laughs> character. So I worked out that he was going to be the, the baddie in yeah. it, just because he rocked up and I know that he's in lots of things and that yeah, he's a really yeah. good actor. They wouldn't hire him just to unscrew a light bulb. There's a reason he's in that office, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it used to really, really annoy her. So I'm glad we're on the same, like, we're equally irritating, which is good to this know. This is it. I mean, I think some TV, <laughs> I think some TV can be very predictable, especially hmm. older television. Now that, you know, things doesn't necessarily bad. mean bad. I mean, me and you are no, wrestling no. fans and we say the same thing with that. Mm-hmm. Just because it's predictable doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. No. The one that used to get me was uh, was the old episodes of Star Trek, and, and when it got into like, the, the next generation and stuff like that. Now I'm not a big Trekkie; it may surprise some people because I got you know massive sci-fi obsessions. But Star Trek never really did it for me. But I used to watch it as a kid, and I always look back now and I think to myself, there, there were certain aspects of, of crew members of, of the of that ship dying when they went to certain planets to explore or whatever. Mm. And it was always a case of we're going down to this particular planet. Who's going to go on the 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 landing party launch, whatever it may well be? Oh, we're going to take Captain Kirk. We're going to take Spock. We're going to take Doctor McCoy, and we're going to take this guy we've never fucking seen before. <laughs> and then you go to the planet. Thirty seconds later, that dude's dead, and everyone's like, shirts, "Oh no!" Right? Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. yeah, everyone's like, "Oh no, they've killed you know Darren." It's such a shame, <laughs> you know. And I'm like. No one gives a shit about Darren. We didn't know who he was, you know. And then the following week, it'd be like Darren number two. You're coming to the planet as well. I just, I just look at these guys, and they must be sat there thinking, "Oh man, can't I just stay here and keep on pressing <laughs> buttons and shit?" Because you know, I'm going to go down to this planet, and some green wobbly thing's going to kill me. You know, yeah. <laughs> I've never watched it, and I know I've read shirts. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. But it's 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 <laughs> so far with this this sort of look back, this this sort of review project we're doing. Mm. You you've had the the episode teacher that kind of kept me thinking all the way through mm. because you never quite knew which way it was going to go and the the, the daughter being uh, quite psychotic mm. became more apparent as we went and so on rather than mm. it, it was quite subtly done it's very very good the second one uh, flame you never really knew whether it was in steve mcfadden's character's head or if this was real and that was quite i thought that was very clever because that kept me guessing as well yeah the fact that i didn't figure it out meant quite a bit to me because i do have a habit like i said of figuring this sort of stuff Mm. out the last episode okay we didn't know right until the end what the motive was but it didn't hook me in as much Mm. as maybe some previous this one because i think maybe i just got lucky in the first few minutes it kind of i kind of lost out on that maybe mystery aspect potentially i don't know i'm not sure because so spoilers we're going to get into it in a second she does commit suicide Mm -hmm. but we know this tv series called murder in mind yes so we know it can't have been a suicide Mm -hmm. or it's not a simple suicide so we are suspected i don't think that's you know just you ruining it you're supposed to suspect him yeah, but they do a lot in the show to try and make you go. Well, maybe there was someone else involved mm-hmm. because there are elements where you go, or maybe he, maybe it's so obvious that he must have killed her that maybe it was someone else, and you're trying to think outside the box. That's where my brain went when I originally went, remember watching this because I'm like, well, it's murder in mind. He obviously killed her. 
I don't mm. know, you know, how he did it necessarily. So when you're watching it develop, you're going, oh, he must have orchestrated this. He must have done this. But then there's a shot later on, which we'll get to, of the garden. It shoots that someone's watching from the garden. And you think, oh, hang yeah. on. That's the bit that twisted me and made me think. But again, like you say, it sort of comes back around. Uh, but we'll get yeah. into it so so people know what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he lifts the bottle. I've just written the bottle of medication. I can't remember what it's called. The Proximil or something like this. So. Yeah, something like that. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. You look like milk. Um, <laughs> he did a little bit. <laughs> yeah, milk and magnesia. Um, yeah. <laughs> she tells him... She tells him off not to touch the bottle as he lifts it up because the police will come for him. Um, so she pours it by herself. She says it won't take long. And um, sorry, she asks him if it will take long, and he says no. And we mm-hmm. learn quite quickly that he's a doctor. So that's yeah. how he knows this uh, information. Um, and she says there's you know some good things about being married to a doctor. Asks him to kiss her. And they share quite a tender moment. Um, at that time, uh, he says that he's sorry that he wasn't a better husband, and she tells him to leave. Uh, drinks some medication as he closes the door, and the next thing we see is a ambulance outside with her dead body in it. Yeah, I've got a note here that well, notes that explain that whole scene, the the medicine, everything you just covered, and then mm. my very next note I've just realised just says she dead. But dead is for some reason spelled D E D. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> she did. So my notes literally just says she dead. <laughs> Come back next week. <laughs> That's the end. <laughs> so this, this this is quite a monumental moment because this is episode four and it's our first episode without a stabbing. Oh why? Oh, Do you Scottish think Danny episode, episode yeah, Scottish Danny switched right off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> size like... co-host from Nitro Nights that you can find on STP World Media. Yeah, he's like he, he, he's, slaver, as he's referred to us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so in, in episode one, the ma- the murder was a stabbing. In episode mm-hmm. two opened up with a knife in the in the, the yeah. a knife in the wife. And um <laughs> and the knife in the back in the last episode. So this is mm. the first murder that or death that doesn't include a a knife. Interesting. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah. Well, this first episode doesn't include a knife because we did have mm. we have so far also had someone bludgeoned to death and burnt alive. It's a fun show, folks. It is. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> even the episode that I may have essentially said you know to murder at the end of is still worth a watch. I was just you know it is a great yeah. show. Yeah. Um. So we then meet uh, DS Paul. I've written. He did have a surname. Um, and he asks if, um, are we there already? Yeah. Yeah. The question happened like straight after the body, you see him talking to. Yeah. Yeah. So he's talking straight away to, um, to William. Sorry about that. Um, and he says that he, she must've taken that medication from his, uh, medication cabinet. Um, the DS says that she was very wealthy mentions the will. Mm-hmm. And William makes it clear that he would have given every bit of that money to make sure that she was well. Um, he says to uh, tell him about the illness, and then we're transported to a sort of debate TV show style thing. Yeah, I got kind of Trisha vibes. Yeah, it's a little no, bit or... like, yeah. 
Do you know where they split? Not, not, I'm not saying like Trisha or Jeremy Kyle when they would just have randoms in from like, well, Gloucester mainly, when they were missing teeth and, t- you know, obviously, you know, you've been shagging my sister and all that sort of nonsense. <laughs> but when they'd have like a special guest on the show and they'd interview them, that's the kind of vibe I got because it was quite a small yeah. studio and they're sat down talking on the stage and so on. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like a debate, like an early morning debate show, really, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Kilroy vibes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, DS Paul Bannister was his name. He's got 55 TV credits to his name at this point. Uh, he's been in all sorts of things, but nothing really that I'll bring up. But he's got quite a recognisable face, I would say. Mm. Um, and uh, and the uh, the interviewer hasn't really been in much before since, to be honest. And I apologise for pausing a little bit, but my notes are nonsense. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't even blame drink or anything because I haven't drunk for over two years. I don't know what I was on when I was writing this. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Perhaps your uh, wife was slipping you medicine on the sly. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> this was water. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah we're, we're on sort of an de- early morning debate type TV show where the subject is around a local doctor accused of assisted suicide. So this is a thing quite early on. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because obviously you would look at the husband first. Yeah, of course. Um, it, they made the point that the police think that he's a killer, but the locals think of him as a hero. Uh, what's the truth? And that's their kind of tagline thing, really. Um, now, this starts the debate that goes through the episode about euthanasia. Yes. And this is one of the things that I – I don't know if it really hooked me in, but one of the things I really like, maybe, is the way to put it, because this is very, it's a very controversial subject and it comes up throughout this episode, people with different views on it. And that conversation still happens now. 21 mm-hmm. years later, it's still a very prevalent subject because it's still obviously illegal um, in this country. And yeah. there's people that stand on every side of that fence. And I think a lot of people stand on the side of it being wrong, which we see in this until it comes to their loved ones. Yeah. And then it's all right. <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah. it's, it's a very, it's a very topical episode. If you compare it to the other three, um, just from that standpoint, this one may stand up better um, mm. because it's still very topical. And I think would probably when it came out, of course, a lot of debate uh, in the media around, around the idea of euthanasia, really. What, what did you, because this is very different to the first three episodes that we've watched. So what did you think mm. about this sort of point? Uh, with, with regards to it standing up quite well, I think you're right. And I think, uh, like you said, that it's the whole euthanasia thing. It, it is still discussed all the time. We had something very recently, didn't we, where somebody flew a family member out to a country where it is legal to be able to mm. do that. So that yeah. was all over the news and, and so on. So, I mean, my opinions on whether it's right or wrong is, is kind of irrelevant. Again, like you said, it yeah. depends on, on everyone's personal scenario, I guess. But mm. I think this episode stands up very well over 20 odd years later because mm. of it, it's still a topical debate. But also I look at maybe the technology we're looking at in this episode. I think especially mobile phones, I'm noticing, mm. I'm noticing watching Doctor Who back with my daughter that even though these episodes of Doctor Who I'm watching are more recent than Murder in Mind, when you look at the mobile phones, that's what kind of dates it for me. Yeah. 
Now here, yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Here we don't see. I don't think we see any of the characters using a mobile phone. So straight no. away, that that that's took away. So that's not going to be a hindrance to this. Mm-hmm. We see people using a landline, which I suppose in a way can be relatively dated now. But and we've still got one, so I, I don't know about that. It's still you know these are older people as well, I guess. So that's not going to be an issue. Yeah, you might. Yeah, you might associate it with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that helps a great deal. Also, mm. the, the the clothing. We don't... I don't think, shall we say, um, older generations, they dress in a certain a certain way. To, you know, to, to a bit get out of stereotype, I guess. They dress in a certain way. Mm. And a lot of the characters in this are of an older age. Mm-hmm. So I don't see the difference in somebody wearing say for example an old man cardigan in 2001 to an old man cardigan in 2022 Mm -hmm. so that doesn't date it either i think that if you look at some of the younger characters potentially or okay when we saw the episode motive the hairstyles and so on of some of the younger people in that the clothing some of them wore when they went to the pub that Mm -hmm. that straight away put a time stamp on that episode here i don't think you get any of that aspect i think it's very much this could be this could be a little village outside of reading now or it could mm-hmm. be a little village outside of reading in 2001 which is when it was originally set so i think that helps it yeah yeah definitely i think uh, you know i i've i've rewatched some some of the doctor who and stuff as well and obviously you've got uh one of them you've got a uh in the future version of trini and susanna and I would yeah. argue not many people now know who Trini and Susanna no, are. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the android for, from Weakest Link. Again, yeah. I'm, re- I'm re-watching these for Charlie, who's, who's well, she's 13 next month, and she has no idea who Anne Robinson is. <laughs> so it's not aged well, you know? It's <laughs> no, not really. Um, so the, the chat show guy, whatever you want to call him, he introduces Dr. Collins, which is um, William. I keep wanting to call him Edward. It's not his name. Um, <laughs> I've written here that it's very, it's very different. This episode feels very different. Um, he asked him if it was an easy decision um, to appear on the show, and he makes it clear that there's a lot of media attention, so it's pretty unavoidable. That's his reasoning for going on the mm. uh, show in the first place. They address that he may still be prosecuted, and he says the police have to do what they have to do. He only did what she asked, and his conscience is clear. He asked if he believes in euthanasia, and he says no, which the host says uh, people might find surprising. And William doesn't believe that's what happened. He describes her as indomitable, which is a banging word. Yes. Love that. Um, yeah, so that's the that's the first sort of sign, really. That's the first sort of part of this um, talk show segment. Um, any thoughts on, on that bit when he's talking about his conscience? Yeah, I think, it's re- I think it's a really interesting way of doing it because... It's not just a, this episode. I think is really clever in that it's different settings and almost mm. almost different timelines. I guess almost different portions of the story because we get quite a bit now. We've seen, I suppose, what what I refer to as the death scene, haven't we? We've seen mm-hmm. the, the moment where she takes her life. Yep. We're now in the future from that viewpoint because mm-hmm. we're on the talk show, but yet he is then talking about things that happened before the first scene we saw. So mm-hmm. it's kind of moving back. And, and I, but I thought that was really well done because the whole episode isn't dealt with like a flashback because we have present day stuff going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
as looking back at the build-up to the first scene we saw before we sort of arrived in this story, by the viewpoint of William telling the story at that exact moment, but referring to the past. If I've overcomplicated that, I (laughs) apologise. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Yeah, I think it's quite a a clever storytelling device because they're not just doing he's he's going over things in his head and you're here just having this random voiceover. Um, Mm -hmm. They're using that talk show to be able to tell you the steps in the story. I think it's quite a clever little device, really. Yeah, Um, really good. And again, you know, that bit stands up because there are shows similar to that, like the Jeremy Vine and that kind of stuff. There are shows like this on TV still, which will get people on to talk about current affair type, you know, things. Um, so we get we got our first sort of look back, if you will, um, to see what he means by indomitable. Mm. Which I, oh, I love the cracker of a word. Um, there's a sign that says no parking on the green. So in a small village outside of Reading, as we uh, work out, um, there's, there's a sign that says no parking on the green. And I've written, she gives this bloke a right bollocking. I, I uh, also think rightfully so as well. Absolutely, yeah. She was 100% <laughs> right on this. Um, so some, some guy who's, um, it's a moving van, isn't it? For this, um, for this lady. Yeah, that's right. And he's parked his massive lorry on this small village green that says, please don't tread on the, I suppose it says don't tread on the grass. It doesn't say don't drive a fuck off big lorry on it or an F-bomb. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, any show we release on the network, I always tick the little box to say they might be swearing. So we're cool. It's smart. It's smart. <laughs> Um, yeah, so she gives him a bit of a of rollicking, let's say. Um, and he says, you know, I, I didn't realise it was a big deal. She says, it is a big deal. It's a part of the village's history. And she really gives mm. him rock all. Um, the William bumps into the new neighbour and William says that um, we go back to the talk show and he says that she's well-liked in the village and he explains where it is and all that kind of stuff. He paints quite a good picture of sort of quiet life that they lead, really. Yeah. Um, and it shows her as quite a strong character. But again, like you say, I wouldn't say she was rude to the guy. No, I, I think, I think the way, the way William talks on the chat show and uses that mm. fantastic word, uh, <laughs> I think that he's trying to hint potentially at her being a bit of a battle axe, maybe. Yeah. But then we get the flashback, and I think that maybe he just feels awkward with how she is as opposed to her. Cause what she's doing to me is, is perfectly fine. I wouldn't mm. have an issue, you know, say for example, we, me and my wife were out walking and she gave someone a rollicking for something like that. I wouldn't, I would bat an idea. I'd be like, yeah, go on then love. And I dare him to answer. Go on, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I bet he's a brave man. If he answers my wife back, I'll tell you that. It's, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, I almost get the impression, and especially now looking back, having completed the whole episode, watching all the way through, that he's almost trying to hint at something without saying it, almost, with the chat show moment. Mm. Yeah, int- that's interesting. Um, then we, we're in the doctor's office, in his office, and that DS that we saw earlier, very calmly, brings his son choking on a figure, mm-hmm. and William Overton beats the shit out of the lad. He does lever him, doesn't he? <laughs> He really is, does. But you know, is that the uh, right way to remove it? Have you ever done any of that, though? Like the, fir- the first aid courses and all that sort of stuff? I have, but I don't remember them say, belt this lad as hard as he possibly can. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, I did one not too long ago. Uh, literally, probably in the last maybe six months. 
and I had to do all the whole the Heimlich maneuver and smacking yeah. people on the back with a ball of your hand and you know the little dolly mannequin thing and you got to press down a certain way to mm-hmm. make them you know and i'll tell you what you have got to use some bloody force on them things to be fair okay okay i'll let it, i'll let him off i thought i thought he just didn't like the lad yeah probably uh, would look at him and thought, stupid little prick <laughs> stop chewing your damn toys i'm busy <laughs> um to- the toy comes out uh he says he'll have a sore throat and the kid got over it instantly um <laughs> bless him and um, they talk again about the fact that, uh, again, they're just giving a bit of background, really, and that Margaret was born in that village, and they and she she was born in that village and grew up there, so they moved there about 12 years ago. It wasn't necessarily where William wanted to live. Um, you see, find out that she's very upper class. She's got a headache, um, and he thinks that she's taken too many pills. He wants to examine her. She's feeling quite tired, and her, post, her pulse, her pulse, her pulse, very much time with you, Si. Um, <laughs> her pulse is slow. Uh, he comes across as quite the doting husband, I think. Mm. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, she asks what's for dinner, and he says that she told him salmon this morning, and she looks a little bit confused. Um, I'm going to go through these quite a bit because there is quite a lot of dialogue, but it's yeah. all around the same the same thing. Um, and I might not keep saying we're we're in the talk show, we're here because it bounces about a lot. And again, oh no, yeah, 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 totally. What we've seen in the last few episodes, Sigh, of uh, this TV show. They pack a lot in in a hour, and I would say this is one of the slower paced episodes. It's yeah. certainly the slowest one that we've seen, but they still pack a lot of detail. You know, like all that detail about the fact that she grew up there as a child, not necessary really, but it gives you so much detail into this character that you get to know this character mm-hmm. in a short. I mentioned in episode one, I think it was that one of the reasons I usually like TV shows which completely goes against watching an anthology series like this, is that you can invest <laughs> in characters yes, and you get to know them and that you emotionally connect with them um, one way or another. They do a lot in this episode to make you know as much as you possibly can about this woman to understand her. Yeah, and I exactly. think that was really great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really, I mean, again, it's, it's a lot of dialogue. I wonder if it feels... I wonder if it feels a bit a slightly more slower paced. Not saying in a bad way at all, but mm. I wonder if it feels slower paced because as daft as it sounds, there's a lot of sitting. Yeah. And they're not yeah. darting around anywhere. They're not going from place to place to place. When they cut from one scene to another, they are kind of all relatively static in what they're doing. So they are I think it might be partly because um the first, let's say 40 minutes of this, what, 55 minute, I think, program, um, is there's no sense of danger and urgency because mm. we're looking back at the story. Whereas, you know, if you look at episode one, Edward was on, on edge because the yeah. police are investigating the murder and he's on edge and then he's getting, you know, threatened by this guy. Um, episode two, you know, that was ramping up and Joe had met this guy who was like trying to convince him. And, you know, there was a lot of sort of pressure from different areas. Um, the last one that we watched, you know, the whole thing from the opening scene was there was pressure on yeah. this. There wasn't like an immediate threat or immediate danger 
for the beginning of it, it was just developing the story, the background. So I think that's why mm. maybe it felt a bit slow paced. But you're right, there's a, a lot of sitting and I was, was going to say that the way you've just explained that probably makes a lot more sense than me saying everyone sat down quite. A bit. <laughs> they sit down a lot. There <laughs> <laughs> is. They do sit down a lot. Um, yeah. But you know, a lot of the dialogue in the other episodes because of that was quick. They were talking, blah, 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 yeah. blah. whereas here they're having slow, deliberate conversations. Mm. No, that makes um, sense. Yeah, so I think that that might be part of it. And, and lots of sitting. Mm, lots of sitting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he says that he had no idea how uh, how ill she was at that time. Um, she says when He says, when you're married to someone you love so much, you don't dare to think the worst. They're married for 29 years, and he gets a bit choked up, doesn't he, Simon? Mm. He does, yeah. And again, like you said, he, he's he's putting across all the, I suppose, the right signs, I guess, for the sort of grieving, uh, doting husband, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get a view of her um, in a Sunday school, I guess. Is yeah, that's why I, I kind of took it as a Sunday school. Yeah, she's apparently she helps out a lot around there. Yeah, I've uh, I've written. She's doing the Good Samaritan to a bunch of stray kids. Stray kids, yeah, there they are. <laughs> Just gathering them up, coming to hear a story. <laughs> um, she struggles to get the words out, and then she collapses. She falls on the floor. Kids don't react at all. No. Um, <laughs> and Alice, the new neighbour that we saw earlier, and the vicar uh, brought her home, and they're very worried about her. And he takes her, he sends her up to upstairs to her bedroom. Um. Alice hasn't really been in anything else. Okay. But, but Reverend Robert Fraser is a Doctor Who alert. Hooray. So uh, he was in series four, episode seven of New Who, the unicorn and the wasp. Oh, okay. and Screeves. Okay. So you've watched that one yet on your yeah. rewatch? Yeah. Very yeah. So, recently. you know, the slightly creepy butler dude. Yeah. That's him. That's, that's the thing. Is it really? Why? Yeah. Oh, I literally watched that last week. Yeah. So that would have been what? Five years after this? Yeah. Six years? Yeah. About that. Yeah. So, wow, okay. Yeah. So, so there you go. We got, we managed to get a Doctor Who alert, which Damn is it. good. I love those. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we get, um, bear with me. So, he examines her and he says that it's uh, going on, been gone on long enough. The fact that she's been ill, um, he'll take her to London. Uh, it's against guidelines for him to treat her himself, um, okay. which is a good little, um, good little uh, detail. I thought mm-hmm. a little bit of realism in there. Um, he says that she'll do what he tells her for a change. Uh, she tells him off. Says she um, she wants to know what he's looking for, and they talk about. The art, and it's all very technical. I don't pretend to understand any of it. No, 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 normally, <laughs> normally. I just, I, I don't know why. When they said when he was looking in his eye, in her eyes, sorry, yeah. I just, my mind just said cancer. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I, you know that was it, that, that, and that was like the, the sort of the, the term that I just you loosely attached to whatever was wrong with this lady. I would say that a lot of the time when you watch TV shows like this and someone's ill, it is normally cancer. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he says that he's got a friend um, that he's the best he knows, a guy called Patrick. Um, and also he says to her that if they went to London, they could visit her daughter, which kind of convinces her. And that's the first bit where you see that. So 
I would say that this character, he is dressing her up to be a battle axe. Mm-hmm. I would say she's quite closed off and strong. Yep. But and clearly a very dignified and personal person. But you do see, even just from this little bit where he mentions her daughter, that she will use that. You know, she clearly doesn't want to go and see this doctor. But mm. as an excuse to go and visit her daughter, she will do it. You see that emotional side quite quickly. Yeah. See, um, I, 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 again, just the way my mind was working this afternoon when I watched this, there was there was a couple of things that we've sort of gone across here, okay? There's, mm-hmm. the, there's the first time we see the character Alice when Margaret is, is screaming at the bloke with the truck. Yep. And he, li- he literally says, oh, funny way to meet your first, uh, first way, sorry, funny way to first meet your new neighbor. Mm. I don't know why, straight away, bang, in my head, they're having an affair. Really? Boom! Straight away. That's what I just, huh. just straight in my head. But I do that a lot, and it, you know, I, I would say <laughs> at least fifty percent of the time I'm wrong. So <laughs> I used to have a thing. Again, I'm not allowed to watch TV with the missus now. Uh, but I used to have a thing when to a couple of people to talk, and I'd just go, "You'll be shagging her." Yep. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then when they said about going to see the specialist in London, mm. in my head, I'm thinking, okay we had the explanation earlier on that they live in a village outside of Reading. Yeah. And it's just far enough. So it, it rules out commuters mm. was a term they used, mm-hmm. but Reading is still their nearest, I suppose, uh, big town city, whatever. Yep. He's very keen to go and see this one particular specialist. Now he explains it away as being, it's the best he knows it's his friend. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, if it's that much of a concern, why wouldn't you just nip her along into Reading? Because they have a hospital there. Yeah. And again, that, I don't know why that came into my head, but I was like, well, that seems odd to me. But when he said, oh, his, his, his friend works in the one in London, mm. I was like, oh, okay, I can kind of get his point now. But before that really got that that sort of suggestion of seeing this this individual that he per- knows personally, my mind already was very suspicious. I'd, I must have come into this episode incredibly suspicious anyway. <laughs> But my mind was really thinking, well, we just had it explained to us that it's about 10 or so miles outside of Reading. Yeah. So you're traveling a bloody long time to get to, to get to London. If you're going, you know, from the direction I assume they're coming from, and my geography is not my strong point, but mm. I mean, if it's 10 miles to Reading, surely you just go to Reading. You, you seem to nail it though. Like you say, you know, cause there was a reason that he picked it. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it. I, I don't remember what I originally thought, but I probably would have just thought, well, you know, he knows that the, he can trust that bloke with his wife rather than... Yeah. I've, I don't that, think that, I've put more thought into it than that. That did kind of half explain away my mm. initial sources. Because again, like I said, there's, I, I watch certain shows and I've just got sometimes a very suspicious mind, I guess. And mm-hmm. things will pop in my head and be like, okay, yeah, they're having an affair. Again, majority of the time, they're not. It just pops in my head. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we go down to see the doctor. So Dr. Patrick Whitfield, uh, his name is Michael Medwin. And apparently he was pretty well known back in the day. Uh, it's not a name that I was familiar with. Um, no. But apparently he's quite a big star back in the 70s. Um, he was uh, Scrooge in the 1970 musical. Um, he popped up in uh, Never Say Never Again in a bit part, apparently. Okay. And more importantly, he was an episode of Lovejoy and Boone. So there you go. Nice. He's on Andy and Bam Bam Andy's uh, Christmas card list. There we go. Um, but no more Doctor Who alerts for this episode, I'm afraid, Sai. That's right, mate. We had a good one. 
Um, so they're in a very posh uh, doctor's office. They mm. take some bloods, and then he asks her to count down from 100, but in sevens. That'd be me and you, fuck side, wouldn't it, really? Yeah, it, I, mean, I, is that, <laughs> I was like, that a, uh, 81. <laughs> I was like, is that a normal thing? Is that... Maybe, I mean, I, I've I never know, been I'm in that not... scenario, so I wouldn't know, but... It, I I've don't think it is... I don't think it is a one of the dementia tests now, but it is similar. Okay. Um, they do they do ask you to count down, I believe, but I didn't think they did it in sort of multiples of seven, which mm. is what he asked it to do. Yeah. Um, before I say what I thought of this, what did you think of it, Sire, this little scene? Um, I've already got my suspicions about the, about William. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has gone out of his way to London to go and see his mate, who is the specialist. Hmm. And then we find out that William is retiring in a month, or he's, or he's already retired. He's just he's, he's leaving he's friends, very soon. Yeah, yeah he's, he's off to Canada, isn't he, for to go and yes. live out his days there. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I was just so suspicious. I'm, I'm thinking, hmm, okay, is this guy in on it? Hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. why did he go there rather than uh, why did he go and see this guy when he knows he's supposed to be retiring and all this sort of stuff? I was like, why? He, he, the other, this guy must be in on it then. Mm. Yeah, and especially when he turned around and he said, after the countdown from uh, 100 in, in, in sevens, he asked Margaret, what's the name of my nurse? And Margaret said, I, I would not. Did you tell me? But the way he asked it, I thought was again, it's me picking up on something that's just completely not there. The way he mm. asked it, I was thinking that was a bit, a bit off. That was a bit, almost a bit narky in a way, trying to prove mm. a point, maybe you know. And I thought, is he, is he in on all this? Is he, is he conspiring with William to do something here? Interesting. Um, did he say the name of the nurse? Because if he did, I forgot instantly. I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't think I heard it. <laughs> Perhaps we, we would be screwed in these tests. Like, what was the name of the nurse? There was a nurse. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to put cards on the table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Judy Parfit. I love her. Yeah, I think she's amazing. Yeah, this she scene, I think she was incredible. I unfortunately have been in numerous conversations over the years with people. Uh, with early onset dementia and things like that, because of my my job, she played that. So th- basically, in this scene, he's asking her to count back from one hundred and sevens. And as we've already said, she's quite a dignified person. Um, she portrayed just of her face confusion, embarrassment, um, just just all these kind of frustration, all these different feelings. You could see. And she managed to get this look in her eye that I have seen. And she looked, okay. she, it was fantastic acting. Why? She, you okay. could, you could feel, I mean, I, I thought that she was brilliant in this entire episode. I think that she is absolutely incredible in it. I think that sometimes, so one, one of the things, one of the reasons I put flame in murder, as you know, was the acting. Yes. Because it took me out of it so much. Mm-hmm. Here, I've watched this a few times. I believe that she's Margaret, one hundred percent. Yeah, it never takes me out of it at all. 
I believe everything that she tells me. I believe every ounce of her character. She portrays this strong sort of battle axe character with a heart so well. Mm. And it's just, I, this was the first scene that I really went, she is bloody brilliant. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Totally agree. There's there's so many scenes in this, I think, that, that you can mm. apply that to as well. You know, there it throughout. This was the first yeah. one, I think, that I went, bloody hell. You know. Yeah, she was she, very, very um, good. Yeah, I, I, I'd, I'd say this, the, the embarrassment, you could see the embarrassment. She was embarrassed that she couldn't get the numbers. Mm-hmm. She was scared. She was frustrated. She was, you know, you could see that she was, all of these things were etched on her face. It was, um, yeah, she was brilliant. Um, yeah, so we asked about the nurse. Uh, she's very vulnerable, I've written, very vulnerable here, mm-hmm. which we learn, you know, from the character standpoint, is not a position that she's usually in. She's no, usually... In charge, you know, she's very business-like. They mention that terminology a lot in the episode. Um, so, yeah, as he said, he mentions that he's moving to Canada. Um, they get home because she's absolutely exhausted. Um, and a little bit later on, he answers the phone to Patrick, uh, to the guy that we've just seen, the doctor, um, asks if there's any news, and he reacts badly. And she's watching on from the door frame. Is this another bit where your brain was... Working overtime. Yeah, that was sus as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was so suspect because uh, to me, when you see people take phone calls on television and in films, there's two ways of mm. doing it. There's this way where you do not hear the other end of the conversation. You're only seeing the the actual person on screen's reactions to what in theory is being said. So you, you get mm-hmm. you, you judge what they're being told by their by their reactions to it, or you hear both sides of the conversation, whether that's from cutting from one person to the other or staying on the one person, but still hearing the the voice, the audio of the other end of the call. Hmm. We didn't get any of that. We got the first scenario where we yep. didn't actually hear what was being said. Now, also, even though he is a doctor and he is friendly with this specialist, because it's regarding test results for his wife, I'm fairly certain that the specialist would not be able to pass him that information without yep. speaking to the wife first. Yeah, otherwise so, they'd say he's a wrong Yeah, so basically my mind, that, that's what got me. I was thinking he wouldn't be allowed to tell this guy that hmm. without yeah, at least getting permission from the wife first. Yeah. So that was, and not, and, and again, it's just not hearing the other end of the conversation. I was just thinking, yeah, this don't seem right. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. I didn't and know again, what it was, but it was, it was just something was not right. And again, I think let's say there is a big part of the fact we know what this show is. Oh yeah, totally. We I, know I, it's I reckon that's what it is. I, 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 my mind automatically tries to solve things, automatically tries to figure things out, but that's yeah. just when I'm sat down, relaxing, watching random stuff. <laughs> Here, you are correct. I have, I think I've come into watching this episode already suspicious and on some <laughs> level, without realising it, looking for shit, looking yeah. and thinking, what, what's going on, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, he says to her, you know, she asked him about the phone call and said that he's organised, um, organised another doctor, I don't know what's happening to me today, um, she called Jane Watson, I believe he said, um, in Reading. So a little bit closer to home. Mm-hmm. We see them visiting the doctors and there's decorating happening as they walk through. 
I'm, your spidey senses must have been tingling like yep. mad. Oh, all, all over this, all over this. It was. Doctor I've Watts. watched a lot of hustle. I know what's happening. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was Doctor Watts was the name. Oh, Doctor Watts. Yeah. Okay. And they didn't give a first name. Right. They said it was Doctor no, Watts. Mm-hmm. No, they said it was Doctor Watts, and not Doctor Watson. <laughs> no, not Doctor Watson. Yeah, that's a whole different scenario. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, okay, and then now they're going to Reading. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I'm sort of thinking, well, that whole scenario, the special. I, I've been not to do with anything like this, like you know, illnesses and 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 you know the the tragic scenario that Margaret is going through or anything like that. But we've had our kids ref you know going from one specialist to another and back yeah. again and bumped around in bristol and this hospital and that hospital and back again my lad's got a few issues that thankfully he's, he's kind of dealt with in his life now with regards to his bones and joints and so on and um now both my daughters are going through issues where they require operations on one on her knee one on her ankle and we've been bumped around from one specialist to another from one doctor mm. to another it doesn't happen like that it doesn't happen with one guy ringing up and going, I oh, just nip down and see such and such, will you? It, yeah. it, that, that don't happen. So straight away, I'm thinking, okay, that's odd. But I, again, in my head, I'm passing it off as maybe that did happen 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. I, yeah. I, I had no experience of this 20 years ago. This is a recent thing for me. So I'm yeah, thinking it's... May, maybe it's something different back then. But then when they said, go and see Dr. Watts in Reading, and they walk down that corridor and it's, it almost looks cut off. It looks mm-hmm. secluded. I We don't see any other part of the hospital. So no. I'm thinking, are they even in a hospital? Obviously, we find out they are. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking, are they in a hospital at all? And then when he goes towards the door, again, it says doctor, and there's an initial there, Watts. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, if this is a woman, I know exactly what's going on. Okay. Wow, okay. Straight off the bat. I thought this is, you know, but when he knocks on the door and a woman answers, I'm like, Oh, of course I, I, I've got this figured out. I know exactly what's going on. The crazy thing is when he opened the door, didn't recognize her. <laughs> I just didn't. Either. No, I, I'm there it's thinking, so much I, I know exactly what this situation is. I know what's happening here. He's going to open the door. It's going to be this blonde lass that I think he's having an affair with. He opens the door yeah. and it wasn't. And I was like, Oh, all right. <laughs> and, it got, and I was like, Fair enough. That's me. That's me in the wrong. Room. You a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting because, like, you say 2001, and you don't think it's long ago. No. And when you sit and you go, oh, it's 20 over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. You go, okay, right. So it's a difficult one to place historically, if you know what yes. I mean. Like, what what has changed that time? Because a lot's changed in that time. But it's it's a difficult. Like, if you were to go back in the 70s, you would know that there'll be all these different changes in med- yeah, yeah. you know, medicine and all this kind of stuff. 2001, you kind of go, wasn't that different? Mm. <laughs> it's a difficult sort of thing to, cause it doesn't feel like 20 years ago, does it? In your head? No, this is it. And, and it's literally just because of scenarios with regards to my, my son's probably the best example. He, he's had, uh, he had meningitis when he was first born. They basically, they, they didn't think he was going to make it out of the hospital. There was two occasions where my wife, I mean, officially he's my stepson. Me, me and Sharon got together when my son was five years of age. So I wasn't around for this particular portion of his life. Right. But I, I've brought him up since that day because his hmm. biological father is a piece of shit. But I'm not going to dive into it right now. But, um, <laughs> uh, and I don't think he'll be listening, but if he is, fuck you. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Prick. Um, he, 
he had an issue with his there was two occasions where my wife was told basically prepare for the worst this is it um in the first few weeks of his life from there he's now um, 19 but from when me and sharon got together it was standard practice for him to have several appointments a year just to check up on things mm. because the meningitis affected his bones his arms have, haven't grown in a certain way and his hips and so on so it was regular practice for us to be dealing with different specialists going up to the mm -hmm. children's hospital in bristol then seeing people in gloucester being told to go to cheltenham and all this sort of stuff so that that was very prominent in my life for, for, mm. for quite a few years so the way that every appointment we had was given to us via a letter mm -hmm. the nhs would always write to us about it um we were never told over the phone oh yeah you're going to be doing this it would always be a wait for our letter to come through mm -hmm. um and then i mean jumping ahead of ourselves a touch potentially but we will get to it very soon i believe when test results arrive it was and, it, and it's bad news mm-hmm as i've experienced myself literally in the last not me personally but a close family member in the last maybe 18 months it's not here's a letter with your bad news it's no, you need to come in, in you need to come yeah. into the doctor so we can have a chat so all mm -hmm. these little things again it's literally just the scenarios that i find myself in has kind of made me second guess what i was seeing on tv now it could be one yeah. or two things it could be that i'm noticing stuff that is there for a reason or the story has just been written badly about people doing their research but something wasn't quite right as i'm watching it if that makes mm -hmm. sense yeah yeah well, yeah um and I, I think i think um i think it is the fact that like you say it wasn't it was done by design because yes. there were so many little details that went into this and also um we've spoken about that this show was created by someone called Anthony Horowitz, which we call keep going Barry just because of wrestling fans. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he, he is credited as the um, writer of this episode as well. So he was the Fantastic. writer of um, the last episode that we watched mm -hmm. motive. And he was the writer of uh, teacher. Yeah. Um, so he was the writer here again. And he was, I would say there were more details in all of those than there was in flame. Oh, so actual, 100%. Yeah. The actual dialogue and the details were a, a lot finer uh, mm -hmm. than they were in that. Um, yes. Yeah, so um, they say he, they visit that doctor. Um, you talk about that other guy's sort of approach, really, in the way that he said nurse. She's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Bedside manner. Um, yes. So um, they, visit, they visit her. Um, she says that Patrick's leaving um, and she considers in the circumstances it may be better to have a doctor closer to hand. Uh, she tells her that she has a brain degenerative disease. I'm not going to attempt to say that name of the disease. No, me. <laughs> um, she, sa she says that uh, blood transfusions can be a common cause of getting this. And he very quickly points out that she had blood uh, given to her in Spain years ago. Mm. She's interesting little detail. That you sort of yeah. threw in quite quickly. Um, it can lay dormant. So she says there's no cure for this strain of disease. And essentially they go into, and the talk show afterwards, they go into a lot of detail about how this disease presents itself. And it's particularly nasty. You know, there are elements of dementia to it, but it's bone degenerative. And it's uh, basically you just end up as nothing. You go physically yeah. and mentally. 
Uh, it sounds horrific. Yeah, it sounds terrible. Um, it absolutely does. Which, again, made me think, why is the Doctor being so spiteful about it? It's been very direct and not, yeah, not very... It just didn't it, sit right. No, and again, Margaret, amazing in that mm. scene. Just very... She doesn't have to say anything. No. She doesn't have to say anything. She's just... Um, yeah. Um, he talks again in the talk show about how she's a very dignified woman. Um, he goes through all the symptoms of a disease as we just spoke about and how horrible it is. And then we go back and we see that she's watching a TV show, a documentary, that just so happens to be it seems about this particular degenerative disease. Mm. And even me, who's not like the first time that I watched it, I, I figured that he'd killed her somehow. And even I'm like, well, he's put that on. Yeah. When the line, it was on when I came in, is yeah. a big seller, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And again, I, I don't, I didn't know how that had happened until mm-hmm. obviously later on. And I was like, Oh, that's quite clever. But I didn't know at the time, but I was like, okay. I've never heard the words that they're using in this this en- medical situation. Encephalitis? En- en- uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I've never heard of it, you know, no. before. Now, I'm not saying it's made up, of course, definitely not. But I googled it; it's real and it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I've never heard of it. No. So then, literally, to have a documentary on television about it, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. Is that? And they what, said that in in that previous scene, they said it's a re- very rare. Mm. Uh, disease didn't they he said it's a very rare degenerative disease yeah mm. but then so, it, this documentary about this incredibly rare disease just happens, just to, happens be to be on when she's been diagnosed with it and mm-hmm. was on when i came in as she says mm-hmm. i was like okay yeah that's a bit a bit sus again isn't it yeah 100 he runs in and turns it off um she asks if he's told their daughter about it and he said, not yet. And she said that she doesn't want anybody to know. Again, she's a very proud person. Mm-hmm. Um, then this is where we start getting into it, where she says that she refuses to go through that disease. Um, she refuses to, to go through the horrific thing that we just talked about, which probably is the way it's described, the worst possible disease you could get. Because I always felt that for families, the worst thing is dementia because you lose the person while they're still there. With this one, you have the physical things of like MS and all that kind of horrible stuff, Parkinson's, all that stuff. But also, it's just it sounds awful. So she doesn't want to go through it. Um, she wants to end it, as we as we know, you know, by this point already. He's not happy, and he's arguing with her about it. Um, and she asks, "What's so great about old age? I've had a good life, brought up a child, had a reasonably happy marriage." <laughs> And he goes, oh, come on. And she says to him, um, you know, let, let's not pretend. It's been a while since they've been intimate, she said. Uh-huh. Um, and he's always had a wandering eye, which he, he gets very offended by and said that he's never cheated on her. And she just kind of rolls her eyes. This is a very interesting little part of the yeah. relationship, I thought. Yeah. And the fact that she mentioned there was, there was two terms she used and one was barmaids barmaid should say barmaid yeah yeah i don't know what the, I don't know what the other one was but remember. the fact that it was worded the way it was and that he's bumped into this blonde lass that was mm-hmm. quite prominent in the very beginning it just made me think oh, okay he's blatantly nipping right next door yeah you know yeah um she said she's made a decision she said uh 
I'm not afraid of death, but I will not lose my dignity, which I thought was brilliant. And again, it comes back to everything you said about this character. You've got it. You've got it so on the money, Morty, with, with the description of this lady and the, and the character they're trying to portray, with being all about uh, uh, being dignified and proud and strong. But at the same time, behind all that, there is this kind of uh, not insecurity, but vulnerability. Uh, yeah, obviously, in this scenario, she's scared. Of course, she is. Mm. Who wouldn't be? And I think she's trying to keep that dignity in everything she does, not just the, the final act that she's discussing here, but in everything she does. But it's you can see behind it every now and again. And I think that it's just so brilliantly acted, brilliantly written and brilliantly Ooh. acted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she says to him that um, if he doesn't help her, she'll find someone that will. Says he just has to show her what to take and she'll do the rest. So we're back to the talk show. They're reiterating that they've been together for nearly three decades. So the doctor disagrees. So they're still going over this idea of euthanasia, that he disagrees with it. Mm -hmm. um, they spoke about it again and again and that she made up her mind and she couldn't be changed. They still had told nobody about the illness. Um, he hands her the bottle. Uh, they're sitting in the nurse in his office at this point, having the conversation. He gives her the bottle and I've written nosy nurse pokes her head round. Doesn't really nothing really comes to that, does it? No, it was straight. I thought that was going to be. She gives him a big. bit of a look. Yeah, she's like she's very much looking at them to say I'm popping out for a minute. I don't know if she's mm. going on her lunch or whatever she was doing, but then she glances in the direction of where I, I assume the bottle is or. Mm -hmm. it's a knowing look isn't it it's a knowing yeah. look of yeah but like you said i thought that was going to be something really big and was going to come back later on to bite this guy in the ass mm -hmm. but yeah nothing happens could have been a purposeful um red herring because we had a few of those yeah. in teacher where yeah. we had a few bits of you know like the uh the detective was in the hospital mm. we never found out why he was there and i don't know that that was something that was cut or if it was just put there mate like you said he might have just be visiting someone maybe to give you a bit there, of a swear of sort yeah mm. Yeah. Um, it's, again, it's it's very, very clever, isn't it? Very well Yeah, done. I don't mind one or two of those things yeah. because that's that kind of gives a real-life element to it. You know, he could mm -hmm. have just been there for whatever reason. If it's constant, just swerve for swerve's sakes, nah. But the yeah. odd little bit where you go, oh, there might be something there, and the fact there isn't doesn't derail the story. It was no. just the nurse looking funny. So, mm. um, yeah, I, li I, I like the odd little bit of that. So now we get to the point where her... Their daughter is visited for lunch. Sarah. Yeah. Not been there much since. Um, Margaret's invited her. And uh, he says that he thinks that he might have she might have invited her as kind of a goodbye. Yeah. Um, she starts giving her a bit of a an ear bashing. Just a normal mum ear bashing. You know, you're not looking after yourself. You're not eating, blah, blah, blah. Staying out too late and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Usual. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sarah requested her mum being ill because she never... You know, she's clearly ill and she's never ill usually. And she argues it. Um, she has a little sly comment again on <laughs> on him, which is interesting because he, he says, yeah. "Who's well, who's looking after you? Dad? Yeah, so like not dad, surely. Doctor, yeah. So <laughs> but it's starting to show, you know, there's a couple of these comments, you know, to her saying, you've always had a wandering eye, the daughter going, well, he's looking after you. It yeah. shows... He's not the doting husband he's saying that he is. No, exactly. Right at the very beginning, he says, I wish I was a better husband to you. Mm -hmm. Right at the opening scene. But at the, at the time, it just comes across as something 
people might say i guess yeah yeah you know but now that's making again really cleverly written part of the story because it's coming back now what that actually meant and again (laughs) that was we're seeing flashbacks and then we're coming back to present day and so on so we're gonna see things that maybe didn't make sense first time round. they get explained later on and and i think yeah it's really really well done and again like like um i would say the episodes specifically oh maybe t uh, maybe flame as well um, I'd say the one specifically written by Anthony Horowitz. You see this open-endedness on mm-hmm. things where you can make up your own mind. And I like that to a degree. I, I've ranted on many a podcast about Sopranos because um, yeah. <laughs> like, they do it the wrong way in my eyes. But um, I like these little bits of it because they never really explain why she said that. But you no. just you're getting that feel. You can make up your own mind and go, okay, he's not been a great husband because there's enough comments. Well, it's and like chasing the... barmaids. Hmm? It's like chasing barmaids. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the thing with you know with a few of these episodes that you know the endings especially tend to be left to your imagination a little bit. Yeah. And I, I like that because it's real life. You know, not everything's always explained. You don't always know every every sort of area of someone's life. Mm. Um. So she says that, you know, her mum's never been ill. Um, and she just says, well, I'm getting older, Sarah, you know. But Sarah's sus, it's not flu. Um, Margaret sort of doesn't really want to talk about it anymore, so she's going for a rest. And she goes up to Sarah and she says that she loves her and she's proud of her and she gives her a kiss on the head. And I'll be honest, I welled up a bit at that. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I think maybe it's because I'm a dad. Yeah. And I oh, wasn't yeah. when I watched it before, but you knew that was her goodbye. And also yeah. she's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I believe it. I believe it. And again, she's not a cold bitch, this character. She's a hard person. I can imagine she's a strong person, but she's not void of emotion. And she no. shows the emotion going up and she tells her daughter that she loves her and she's proud of her and all the things that you want your parents to say. She says it there. She didn't just go, I'm off to bed, off she shots. Yeah. That shows you the type of person that she is. And it did. It, I, I welled up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of moments with the daughter as well. that and They've only just popped in my head now as you're talking about mm. it because it's the comparison between Margaret and William. Mm-hmm. The two, There's two interactions. Here is one of them when they're sat mm-hmm. at dinner. And Margaret is, you know, as you said, opening up a little bit and effectively saying her goodbye. It's quite, a, it's quite a powerful emotional scene. Uh, William has got his back to them both because he's cutting himself a bit more meat off the side. Yep. He's not involved in that little... Even when he sits back down and he's at the table again, he doesn't feel involved in this interaction. No. And there's another one later on where the daughter Sarah is talking to William about what happens and she's quite mm-hmm. upset and this is his daughter upset about this this big thing in her life and he's got his back to her and is talking with his back to her as he's making a cup of tea mm-hmm. you know it just a, almost like a coldness or a distance i was mm. gonna say between them but maybe not even just between them maybe just william towards her i don't know yeah and maybe maybe he's trying to distance himself from mm. getting emotional about it because of what he's done. Yeah. You know, we've seen that in a couple of the other episodes where they're trying to, you know, like the last episode we watched, they were too over the top in trying to distance themselves. And they kept talking about the fact they'd been broken into and not that someone yeah. was murdered in the house Yeah, because they were trying to distance themselves from it. So I think it's all purposeful again. Um, 
I wrote uh, um, that saying, she's bloody brilliant. I've read <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> a lot of that, man. Um, she says to him later on, you know, when she's, you know, she's obviously not, not well, she's very worried about her daughter um, and makes him promise that he'll look after her. And again, it's like, it sort of suggests that he might not be great mm, at that. Yeah. Um, she says that she'll write a letter to the police. Um, and he says he doesn't know how she can be so businesslike about it. And she says that dying is a business. You of all people should know that because he's a doctor, which is a good little line. Ah, see, I heard lying is a business. No, dying is a business. Uh, okay, that, that that makes more sense than what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> he says he's so businesslike about it. He said, well, dying is a business. You should know yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. That does make more sense than what I heard. <laughs> <laughs> this is because you were you were so convinced. You were so suspicious of everything. Yeah. Lying is a lying. Um, she's she. He said that um, she wouldn't let him read the letter. Uh, he thought it was because it was probably very painful for her to do. Um, but he never really knew, as he, she always had to do things her own way. Mm. Um, yeah, very, very much points out that she locked him out of the room when she was doing it, mm-hmm. and then we see her take a second piece of paper, don't we? Yeah. So we find out that she wrote two letters. Yeah. So one. again. By this point, we know what's going on. Yeah, quite, yeah, definitely. quite clearly. You know, the, the the question is, obviously, how? how and to what level was William involved? involved. Yeah. Uh, but this moment here, it really shows that Margaret does not trust this guy. No, absolutely. Um, so we get to a bit where she's a. I've written she's a bit wobbly down the stairs. Just um, a touch. barely make it down the stairs she goes outside she said she wants fresh air and again you see that kind of strength of character Mm -hmm. she wants fresh air wants to go out alone she goes to the church which we've already established early on that she's associated with um she posts a letter and um he says that that again we get the voiceover from the talk show that that was the last time she left the house um and just before lunch they got some more news the second lot of tests this is what you spoke about earlier sign had arrived uh, and they confirm what the first one said. Um, they'll be offered support. And she says that she doesn't want support. She wants to be left alone. And he begs her one last time to reconsider. She says, no, she's ready. She can barely get up the stairs. Uh, and then we find ourselves back at the right at the beginning again. Yeah. That letter was really sus for me. Really mm-hmm. sus. Because again, why would the results come via post? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, sometimes you sometimes you do get a letter confirming certain things, of course. But, but you would have the conversation first. You would have a phone call saying you need to come in and see us. Mm, and that's secondly, yeah. she's very strong-willed. She's she owns the the house and the money and all this is effectively hers and so on. you get and everything is you know she likes everything done her way, as William says. Mm-hmm. Why would he be opening her post? Because that's yeah, not going to be addressed to her. Sorry, not that's not going to be addressed to him, is it? Yeah, good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, good point. No. Again, yeah. that's only because that has changed in my life in the last year or two. Mm. My lad Liam, the the medical stuff now comes addressed to him because he is over eighteen, whereas right. it used to be addressed to me and my wife. Mm-hmm. So again, that's only if if my son was still fifteen, I probably wouldn't even have picked up on that. It's just because it's literally what? happened to me in recent times. I didn't pick up on it because my wife opens all my letters. 
<laughs> Brilliant. And, um, so, let's say we're back at the beginning again. And he's, there's a little bit that we haven't seen, which he says that he always loved her. And she says, uh, did you? Yeah, another little touch. Yeah. Another little subtlety. She says that her mum never liked him. Um, and and she's like, well, your mum doesn't like anyone. And, you know. Yeah. We've all been there. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, I've, I've had, I've had not, not mother-in-law, I've only been married the once, but yeah. I've had girlfriends, mums, <laughs> Yeah, whether short-term relationships, long-term relationships, whatever. I've had both sides of the coin. I've had girlfriends, mums, absolutely freaking despise me. So yeah, mm-hmm. I have been on there. I've also had two ex-girlfriends, mums ring me up in tears when I've split up with their daughter because they love they, they they liked me so much. So yeah, I always keep throwing that to, to my mother-in-law at the moment, <laughs> saying, "Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you're you're lucky that I, I married your daughter." Look, <laughs> you know, I, I, I say it, but. I, I spoke about on uh, the, the other podcast that I do uh, a few times. We talk about all kinds of nonsense, you know. Um, and I talk about the fact that when I was younger, I was not good with girls, okay. ladies, anything. But parents, I was always really good with. The parents, the mums always liked me a lot more than the Amazing. daughters did, always. <laughs> um, my current mother-in-law cannot speak the same language as me, so okay. it comes up. Ah, see, <laughs> is that there? Because that, that means your mother-in-law and your wife can communicate without you having a damn clue what's being said. Oh, I usually know if it's not good. Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Me and my middle daughter live. Um, we actually learnt. I could speak a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of German from when I was at school. Okay, and yeah. When Liv was quite small, um, single digits, we'll say, probably junior school age. Uh, mm-hmm me and her learned a little bit of German together so we could communicate without Sharon knowing what we were saying. Cool. <laughs> and, we, and we quite often just slip into German in the front room. Very very sort of primitive, broken down sentences. <laughs> Neither of us were plural. I mean, she was it's like seven or eight years old or whatever. But yeah, we would just slip into German every now and again if we wanted to talk and not have Sharon know what we were saying. She used to go mad. <laughs> That's a great idea. My 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 eldest um, is... she's She can do a, a, a bit of Polish, but... She's into watching and learning different things and YouTube and all that nonsense. She keeps learning the Russian alphabet. So I might do, although my wife can speak some Russian, uh, but I might, I might try and introduce her to some other alphabets and try and learn a little bit to speak with her. Yeah. It's amazing what you pick up on YouTube that now, isn't it? Again, I come back to my son. I've mentioned him a lot on this episode. Uh, He is self-taught how to play guitar and he is shit hot. He is fantastic. I turned around to him when he was still learning and I was like, I was, I was doing something work orientated at home and he was you know hovering around and I was, i'll tell you what like, here you are take this cd pick track number whatever it was eight or nine come back down when you've learned that and it was fear of the dark by iron maiden which is about nine minutes long right <laughs> and it's it's an iron maiden track it's quite intricate there's lots of time changes and i'm thinking great that's bought me the weekend i can go on what i need to do yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hour, hour and a half later he comes downstairs and busts out the first half of the song guitar solo intro the whole shebang and i'm just like you little prick you know (laughs) (laughs) again a lot of that is via youtube he's he's self-taught on youtube and he's played in a couple of bands now and wow he he, he can play a bit of the drums he can play a bit of keyboards but guitar is his you know and again all from youtube so it's cool yeah yeah. it's it's amazing um when it's used the right way you know the internet is a game changer really it is um so uh yeah as i say they're talking about the mother-in-law 
Um, she says that he'll be well provided for. Um, she says the letter is in the dining room on the mantelpiece. And he looks outside, and this is the first point where it feels like someone's watching from the bushes. And this is yeah. a bit where my mind went, well, maybe this is whole thing's been a red herring, and he's not dodgy. Mm. Maybe someone else has done something. Then how does that work? And I was, my brain was then overdrive. I've, I had a passing thought of if he is having the affair with the blonde lady, as she bumps the wife off to get mm. him to herself. But again, mm-hmm. we're sort of looking across the garden and it, 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 it's dark and we can mm-hmm. see the house because they have lights on in the house, don't we? Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether uh, it, it's my old eyes or I don't know whether it's because I'm sat upstairs watching in the bedroom on a little portable telly. I couldn't yeah. make out if there was anyone in the windows looking back. Uh, he stood at the window in the first scene. Yeah. Uh, looked out. Uh, I think in this scene you did see him briefly. Okay. Looking out, yeah. Yeah, no, what I mean is in, in the house he's looking across to. I, I couldn't make oh, no. somebody there looking back. No, not, no. Okay. No, uh, but we see later on what that was around, don't we? Yes. Yes, yeah. okay. Um, so he went back to, he says he went back to see her at 11 and obviously she was dead then. So we don't see Margaret anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn it, she was awesome. Uh, Margaret um, was right. The investigation was going to be local. So it's our man again that had the choking kid and the one yep. that obviously that we we met. Um, and we're back to that part where they're at the uh, they're discussing it. And he says that the letter that she um, in the letter, sorry, she says that she doesn't want to live through the illness. He said it's very business like, not personal. So he used the same term. Yeah. And he says that she's a very business like lady. If you the sign her. off, the sign off of the letter got me. It was like she wrote a few things and mm-hmm. said, you know, um, I don't want to live through this. I don't want this. I don't want to suffer. I don't want to be um, kept alive via machines if I, if something goes mm-hmm. wrong. And then just signed her name. But the letter started off being addressed to William. Yeah. So there was no love you. I'm sorry. I miss you. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It was just it, she might as well. I wrote yours sincerely. Your dead wife. It may as well have been that. It may as well have been that cold and that blunt. You know, yeah. it was very. Yeah, there was. It was literally. She, she made a few points and then just signed Margaret, um, and then whatever her surname was. Yeah. Okay. Why would you sign your surname? He knows your surname. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, it and was as, so as he as he says as he says to the policeman that letter's for you, not for me. Yeah. 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 Um. He says that uh, he didn't know what she was planning. Um, and he makes out that she took the keys from his office. And we're back to the talk show, and they talk about the inquest going on and the funeral. They revealed that there was a second letter that we didn't we didn't know, or he didn't know about. We knew, um, but what we didn't know was that she wrote it to the vicar. Um, they said that the letter was her confession, as she mm-hmm. knew suicide was a sin. What did you think about that reveal that that second letter was to our man from the uh, Western Uniform? Um, I didn't really know where I expected it to go, to be honest. And when you look at it now, it makes sense because she's mm-hmm. openly involved in the church quite a bit. So, and, and you see her meeting up with the vicar earlier on, having a little chat and so on. So it makes sense that's where it would go. Mm. But I don't know why I didn't figure that bit out. It, I didn't know where she was posting it. Because she sent this via via you know raw mail, 
So I didn't know if she was sending yeah. it to her daughter or sending it directly to the police. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going to the vicar and then saying it's her almost confession because suicide is sin. And then you look back mm-hmm. on her, I suppose, religious links and so on. I thought, okay, that does make sense. I didn't think yeah. for a moment it was going to be as as finger-pointingly bad for William as this letter comes across. Yeah. I literally thought it was that, her trying to repent for taking her own life to her vicar because religion's a big part of her life. That's just the way I saw it. I didn't, I didn't sort of have that bit figured out. Yeah, and if I'm honest, uh, I had a massive brain fart because I thought, but what about the letter that she posted? Because the fact that she was looking at the church, yeah, my brain just went, oh, she gave him a letter and then she posted another one. <laughs> Right, okay. It wasn't, it was that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought the daughter was getting yeah. the letter, but she okay. didn't. Um, so him and the, uh, William and the vicar, they talk, and the vicar's disgusted. Um, her letter tells him that he uh, colluded in her death, and the vicar's not standing for it, I've written. Um, he says that she sent it to him as a friend, not as a vicar. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, William says it doesn't say that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they have a, a bit of a debate about euthanasia again, but the vicar's clearly not having it. And um, as a Christian, he's appalled. Uh, the issue isn't that necessarily, you know, what happened, but the fact that Margaret wrote to him and it's his duty to pass it on, no matter what it may mean for William. What were your yeah. thoughts of this scene with the William and the, the vicar, who we haven't really spoken to before now? No, that's true. Um, I, I think it's good. I think it's very good because the, the fact that she's explaining a few things that maybe open the vicar's eyes. And I imagine it's a small village. They've lived there a while. She's mm. close with the vicar. I imagine he has a bit of an idea that her husband's not all he says. I would, I would expect. Mm-hmm. And she's going to have, she's going to open up to someone. It would appear it would be her vicar because that's the nature of this lady, I suppose. Yeah. And he's a, he's a bit older as well. So he was probably there when she lived there when she was yes. younger, you know, they made that point that she lived there when they were younger. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it, I think it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so soon uh, William gets arrested and it's looking less and less likely. Uh, they say on the uh, talk show that there'll be prosecution. I can't say that word. Prosecution. (laughs) (laughs) Prosecution. Um, Especially due to the public support that he's getting. Uh, He says it's obvious to many that he's done nothing morally wrong. Um, And that's when the vicar asks him about his family and we see his daughter again, Mm -hmm. who is not having it. No. She's said, why why wasn't I told and all this sort Mm -hmm. of stuff. And she's quite cross. And this is what the scene I sort of mentioned earlier on when he's, his daughter is upset and she's dressed in black. So I'm assuming this is still close to the, maybe she was After there for the funeral. The funeral. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Cause obviously she lives elsewhere, doesn't she? So she's traveled mm-hmm. for the funeral, I'm assuming. Yeah. And she's, you know, funerals are terrible times. His daughter is visibly upset. Never got to say and goodbye it, properly. Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking, just, you go put your arm around her. You go tell her it's okay. Whatever. But he just turns her back on her and carries on talking like, you know, like, almost mm-hmm. like she's not even there. Like he's talking to an empty room. And I just found that was really cold from William's you know, standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when she keeps saying, he's saying, you know, it was a mercy. And then he does snap at her a little bit mm. um, saying that it was her idea. And she says that she can't forgive him. Um, 
he says, yeah, bites back. As I say, so you weren't there. You don't understand. And that's kind of that really. Um, and we get another lingering shot of the garden again, you know, he's staring through the window on this bit. He's looking yes. out there. Um, we then get a shot from the night she died. And that's when we see, I've written that bird, Alice. Mm-hmm. So this is, was the reveal. What do you think about the reveal being in this spot? Because I think they could have left this. A little yeah, bit potentially, potentially. Um, I suppose in a way, the reveal, the way this was done, it, it felt like, I mean, the the end of the episode we're coming to you quite quickly now, aren't we? We're nearly mm, there. Yeah, yeah, we're nearly there. Yeah, yeah. The end of the episode, everything gets t- tied up and 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 sort of explained it relatively quickly at the very last scene. Mm. Here, it still feels a bit like he's going to get away with it. Yeah. So I wonder if that was why certain bits were put oh, in okay. there because you're still thinking, ah, oh, the clever little bastard, he's he's going to get away with this. Mm. you know okay, so maybe yeah. it was done because of that i don't know what do you think yeah I, I just when i watch it i think because we quite quickly get to this point like you say that of how everything happened i think they could have left i don't think they needed to show her in the bushes at that point because mm. they're literally in the next scene going to mention it and bring yeah. it up i think they could have done the detective pointing it out and then shown it i just i don't know I, it just felt a bit bit of a strange place to okay. put it yeah for me, but yeah, I can see that. That's, that's a nitpick, really, really nitpick. Um, but yeah, we see her in the bushes from the night um, that she died. So we get that she was standing out there, and now we know somehow, you know, she's a bit odd. Yeah, and or involved. Um, they, then they show that he bumps into her in the town, and he goes into hers for a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And again, this is another bit where I was like, mm, I'm not sure that was needed. They could have done that after. Yeah. I don't know, because then by that point, I know you already fought it. By that point, you're like, oh, they were they were having an affair and they colluded. Yeah. And now I've worked it out before they then spell it out to me. They could have yeah. spelled it out first and then shown this clip. It was a nitpick, but that was my thought. Yeah, You'd already worked it out. We you go know, five seconds in, so <laughs> <laughs> I think I just got I just, I just got lucky. <laughs> yeah. So we're back on the talk show and they're reading out all these sort of positive headlines about him, and he's smiling now because mm. it looks like he's like, yeah, I've got away with this. Yeah, that's what yeah. exactly the vibe I got. Totally, he's thinking, "Yeah, I'm waiting." The, the public are on my side; they're not going to be able to get me. Yeah. Um, I've written again that it's a very hot debate even now, and I'd even forgotten about that situation uh, earlier in the year. Um, the guy gets the audience to show hands and a fair degree believe that he did the right thing. Again, that's the kind of thing that you do see on these debate programs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they then play videos of people in the village. They show the, the sneaky nurse. I thought she was going to make a comment. She didn't. She just says um, that she that Margaret was clearly the boss in that relationship, yeah. and he looked a little bit annoyed by that. Yeah, yeah. I, I also think that she was very. She wasn't as complimentary. The, 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 the talk show host mm. basically says messages of support from your local community yes. or from your right. I don't think they were. <laughs> no. Alice puts one forward and she is obviously very supporting of, of William. Oh no, sorry. The doctor, she got, you know, that, that, that was slipped in there quite well by her. Oh but, yeah. 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 But I didn't even, th- I didn't even think about that, but yeah, she did yeah, do that. The, the, the nurse, I don't think was particularly positive. I mean, she wasn't negative. I've only worked with him for a little while. He's all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then the vicar obviously was very much more, well, I don't agree with what he's done, but you know, uh, and I'm thinking if that's supposed to be the people who are <laughs> supporting you, 
I hate to hear from people who are not. You know, yeah, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, when uh, so when when the nurse says that, he looks a bit annoyed. Yeah. When Alice is on the screen, he looks quite intense. I mm-hmm. thought. I think maybe worrying about what she was going to say. Yeah. Or don't balls this up. Um, and then they show the vicar who obviously disagrees. Um, he says that he's praying for him. And then the police rock up at the uh, recording. And this was, I thought, brilliant. I really like this. I don't know about the, you. The, the scenes with the police cars driving around, and you don't know what they're doing or where they're going. Mm. But then the more videos are played with messages of support the more apparent it is that they're arriving at the tv station mm-hmm. i thought it was done really really well yeah and then they sort of walk around the back of the audience and william's eyes catch him yeah and they walk behind the host behind the cameras and the host kind of gets a feel because he can see that william's looking and he turns around and the police stood there and you know that they just put an again you don't see it but you know they must just put an end to that recording yeah it you was, think so? Um, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I thought it was a really good moment because that was a, like a ah oh, shit moment for me. This is <laughs> a, they've got something though. They've yeah, they've, they've, they've got him. They say this. This you know, he, the smile on his face and all you know, so called massive support. It's like okay, he's got away with it, and then they rock up at the TV studio, and you're like, oh no, 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 they've got yeah. him. They've found something. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they take him off set, and he's arrested for murder. They tell him. Mm-hmm. Um, William says, why? You know, we've, we've already talked about this. And he's, uh, the detective says that he spoke to Dr. Whitfield. He did examine his wife and he was puzzled because although his wife showed signs of neurological disorder, the test showed nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, he says that he wrote William a letter to bring him her in for more tests, but William said to him that her condition had improved. Yeah. they all very strange, isn't it? Mm, funny that <laughs> it wasn't him on the phone as size a size sussed out um he says that he must have made her life hell and that they found the video of the documentary i suppose that's one thing that could date it a little bit is the video yeah that's the, the one bit i when i was talking about the tech earlier on i didn't want to mention the video player because i thought that's gonna give away <laughs> a big thing we're gonna discuss later on but yeah, yeah. I, as, as we mentioned on the previous yeah, episode so- of the show i've still got a video player so it doesn't age me <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so he did put that video on for her to walk mm-hmm. in. Uh, and Very clever. Uh, bless her. Yes, bastard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was poisoning her mind, they said, and that they actually exhumed her body, and he looks like he's about to crap himself. Oh, um, as soon as they said we've exhumed her body, I was like, that's it. You're f- you done, oh, boy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> she had uh, phallium poisoning, uh, small but consistent doses, and they also found rehypnol. Um, which uh, is something that Sai knows a lot about. Um, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. Wait a bloody minute. <laughs> You've watched a lot of TV. I've you know? read about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get what you mean. <laughs> um, he says, you know, you to William, you didn't love your wife. You were tired of her and you found someone else. So you literally frightened her to death. Um, and persuaded her to kill herself. They reveal that Alice was involved uh, mm-hmm. with it all, and they show her uh, snogging his face off as well, don't they? Yes. Um, and he nearly got away with it, but she wrote the second letter, 
and it was clear that her conscience or it was either her, her conscience or deep down inside maybe she knew now they then go into the reading hospital which is exactly what you said um that it was closed for redecorating and the doctor with no bedside manner i've written was mm-hmm. alice in makeup see the second time we saw her because this is the reveal because it shows when they mm-hmm. leave she's knocking away all the stuff on the of, off the desk clearing yep. up after herself and all Takes that the wig off. and then but before any of that i'm looking at it and go that's a bloody wig i can see it <laughs> eh? yeah. why didn't i notice it first time round? you know it's, <laughs> it's a good wig it's good it was wig. it was yeah <laughs> um yeah, so um, she'd hardly met Alice before, and she was drugged up, so they said that's probably why she didn't yeah. recognise her, which makes sense. I wouldn't have recognised her anyway, because well, but didn't. we didn't We didn't recognise her. <laughs> I, I, I suspected her, I predicted yeah. what was going to happen, and I still didn't twig it was her. <laughs> then we need to go for tests, because we didn't notice it was her. No. We can't count down from 107. No. <laughs> I don't, know. I didn't, I don't even know there was a nurse, never mind a name. <laughs> <laughs> um... I've put now here, so they're, reco- they're recounting all of this. They're basically saying to William, we know this, you're done. And his face has slowly changed mm-hmm. from this sort of, you know, he's trying to put on a sympathetic look. He looks evil. Yeah. He looks like a right bastard. Cause and I'm, this it, is a Timothy West that I, I know that he plays lots of villains because he's got that kind of mean look about him, isn't he? Right. It's, I think he played. I think he played this bit really well. Where he looks very, yeah, threatening. Yeah, totally. Yeah, really. And the, the almost the coldness when he's mm. talking about it as well. Mm-hmm. And it is obviously incredibly evil because it's not just a case of a decision made and you do a, an evil thing. This is lots of meticulous planning. Yeah, you know, lots of effort has gone into this. So that is a whole different level of. I say she, he, he frightened his wife to death. Mm-hmm. Terrified her. Um, they say that they arrested Alice Young and she's confessed and blamed him. He said, "Yeah, of course she would," you know. And then he goes, "Yeah, again, he's got this evil look." He said he thought about poisoning her. He thought about even yeah. strangling her just to shut her up. And we really yeah. seen the full change. Um, he had to put up with her for thirty years, but it would have been obvious if it was him. He convinced her to kill herself. It's the perfect murder. Well, the victim does it for you and nobody would ever know. He then gets taken away and we see a clip from the talk show where he's uh, he's um, basically ending the episode and he looks a bit pissed off, shakes his head and walks away. And that's the end mm. of the episode. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was superb. Even though mm. I pretty much figured it out. And... Yep. In a way, I suppose after I, I, I think I kind of stumbled onto something very early. I could have stumbled onto ten different things; nine of them would have been wrong. I just happened to have stumbled onto the one that was potentially correct, mm. which then made me potentially notice things that I may not have noticed if I hadn't got lucky early on. Maybe, yeah, maybe. So, in a way, I suppose from that standpoint, it could be a touch predictable, but that's only if I twigged on early on if i hadn't twigged on early on then i'd have been guessing all the way through mm. now what i really liked about this as well is you you sold the show to me to, to do this podcast to take on this project of it's each episode is a crime looked at from the view of the murderer yeah that was kind of the the, the sort of gist of what how you explained it to me 
this is so so true with this episode because mm. we don't see the investigation we don't nope. see the police we don't see anything at all we don't know what they know but mm-hmm. they've been doing a lot behind the scenes they've exhumed the body yeah they've been getting hold of the uh, the, the the expert who's mm-hmm. moving to canada they've already arrested alice took interviews from her took statements from her got a confession from her in the whole time that we're looking at what's going on just with William. And yep. I, I loved that. I really loved that. It wasn't a case of them turning up and going, Oh yeah, we got you. You're nicked pal. And that's that. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, we've done this. We've done this. We've done this. They explain it all to you. Yes. And it all makes logical sense from the story that you've watched. And that's one of the things, and they did it. They've done it in the other episodes as well. You, yep. you know, you see the detectives a little bit, but you're looking at it from their point rather than watch the investigation unravel, which is what you usually do on these shows. You see it from the killer's point of view. You know, Flame was a prime example of it. They came to him and they went, we've found all these issues with yep. what's happened. And we go, oh, yeah, that was a mistake. And, oh, yeah, you yeah. did up there because we're seeing his viewpoint. And that's one of the things that I think is really unique about this, um, this show, certainly at the time, really unique about this show. Mm. Um, it's brilliantly done. Brilliantly done. Yeah. And like I say, we know that it's murder. There, there's a murder. So yeah. we know that because that's what the show is. It's working yeah, out. I don't think. You know, I think, it, of course, it's predictable that it was a murder. And it, there was only really those two characters with a few background characters, uh-huh. unless there was some kind of, you know, weird swerve. But he had to be involved. Yeah. Um, and like you said, there was enough sort of peppered in to make make it clear that they weren't a perfect marriage by any means. Yeah. Um, so then uh, I guess is that a uh, keep in mind for you? Sam? Oh, 100%. Absolutely superb. I mean, it's brilliantly written. Some of the acting is absolutely fantastic. I loved it. I would recommend people go and watch this if they have not already watched it. But if you're mm-hmm. listening to us and you have not already watched it, we've probably ruined it for you. But still but go and watch it. Still go watch it. Yeah, definitely. Again, I think it is one of those that you can listen to us and then go and watch because it's it is kind of ob- not obvious, but it is you know yeah, that you, 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 you know it's not you know he's kill. involved. Yeah, it's just to what level he is involved. Yeah, I, I yeah. guess is what you're looking at, isn't it? What about, I mean, there's, there's two questions for you, really. I suppose. Mm. Uh, first of all, you know, it, for you, is it one to keep in mind or one to murder? And two, what did 17 year old think of you in comparison to now? Because we still not got that answer. So 17 year old Morty thought this was boring as hell. 17 year old Morty turned it off after about 35 minutes, I'd say. Really? And then revisited it a couple of weeks later, and I think watched the end of it, and then for like crap that is. And I remember rewatching it a couple of years later, the DVD, and I skipped this episode and I didn't watch it. Wow. Okay. And when I did my rewatch last year, I got to the episode, I thought, oh god, I might skip it. Well, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a mm-hmm. watch. Thirty-two-year-old Morty loves this freaking episode and thinks seventeen-year-old Morty is an idiot. <laughs> this is. This is an incredible bit of television. It's yes. so well written, well written. It's so well acted. I think maybe because seventeen-year-old Morty had watched episodes with lots of knives and action and tense, and this is a slower pace. Yeah. Um, maybe seventeen-year-old Morty didn't appreciate the storytelling and the building of it. Um, I love it. It's definitely a keep in mind. Uh, I think Teacher still edges it. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I go along with that, but, but I think that this isn't far off. 
No. Um, yeah. That's so so I say that's complete one eighty because it wasn't just I wasn't a big fan of it. I hated it. I skipped mm. it. And I remember watching the DVDs. I don't know how old I was, maybe twenty something. And I was like, I'm not watching that. I'll just skip it to the next episode. I remember doing that, and I nearly did it this time round. Uh, you know, sort of a, a year yep. ago. Obviously, not doing this podcast because I can't skip any of them. You can't. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so yeah. So it was comp- a complete change of my mind. Um, what about VIP side? Have you got a VIP for this? I, I think it's really, really obvious for me. Um, Margaret is just absolutely fantastic all the way through it. Brilliant, mm-hmm. brilliant performance. Um, I suppose a shape needs to go as well to the writer because i think it is a really clever episode and i think it's really well written but Definitely. for me the vip is is margaret and the actress who played her just just fantastic yeah i'm with you 100 she's she you know timothy west is brilliant in it as well mm-hmm. um i don't think there was any weak links think you know no. obviously the big characters but even the people with the side parts i think did did well yeah um but she is just incredible. The, the the character, again, you know, the writing as well, the character that she put in. But like I say, I cannot talk positively enough about her performance in this. Mm. Yeah. It's worth watching just for that. Any sort of young actors or anything, go and watch it. Just watch what she does, you know, how she sells that. It's a wrestling terminology, isn't it? How she sells, <laughs> her, you know, getting the news, um, you know, that she's got this disease and, and realizing that her mind's not right and all this kind of stuff. She's just brilliant. Yeah, definitely. Um, Absolutely. What about the opposite? Uh, we still haven't got a name for it. The, the, the opposite of a VIP. I don't think there is one. Um, me. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the, the child. The, the weak link. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't think there really is anyone you can, you can put no. that on. Like you said, there's a, it's quite a small cast. Yeah. Everyone does their job very mm. well. I think there's um, a weak link. I suppose the weak link for me would potentially be the nurse sticking her head in, yeah. looking at them a bit sus, and then nothing really coming from it. But again, you can yeah. that that's there's not, not that's one, really, really nitpicky. It's, it's, I yeah. think it's such a great episode. I'm going to say the child that okay. choked because it wasn't a convincing choke. He needs to do more method acting. Actually, swallow the figurine. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I want to see snot. I want to see tears. That's a big old fucking toy to get stuck in your throat, isn't it? <laughs> it was, wasn't it? That was a bloody well, shot. an action you know? man down there, mightn't he, really? Yeah. Why? Yeah, I think you're no, being a bit no harsh there. I, don't think. I, I agree with you. Um, I think it was an uh, outstanding episode yeah. of television. Really, really good. Like I said, it's so, again, all four, four of these episodes so far have been so different. Mm-hmm. Um which is one of the things about, about the show. And next week's episode site is very different again. Okay. Very, very different to this one. So this is called Vigilante. Okay. And there's a little bit more uh, action, let's say, in this one for sure. Um, uh. Uh, the basic plot point is that uh, you've got a group of guys who have gone out on the piss and they have heard, which we find out, they have heard um, that there is a paedophile uh, recently moved to the town and they go and pay him a visit. And that oh, is what man. the story builds up from there. It's, um, yeah, be interested to see what you think of this. It's very, very different to what we've just watched. That rings a bell. Okay. I can't tell you anything. I can't tell you. I can't even picture anybody who's in it. I can't mm. tell you any plot lines or anything like that. And it may be that I'm thinking of a completely different TV show. Who knows? It's, I have been known to do that. But it, that, 
plot line rings a bit of a bell. Like I say, you have you have in the past, you believe, seen bits of these when yeah. the TV and yeah. just not associated it with the series. Yes, and I'm I'm talking obviously twenty one years ago, whatever it may well be. So mm-hmm. it also introduces a character, which I'm going to tell you this now. It introduces a character t- played by Tim Healy. No, Tim okay. Healy. So he is um, Alfredo Sempet. Right. And okay. he was in Benidorm as mm-hmm. Les, um, yeah. usually a comedic actor. Now, the reason I'm bringing him up now, he is the only character, his character is DCI Duggan, that appears in two episodes of this series. Okay. He's the only character. There's one other actor that's done it, but they play different characters, sort of background characters. He is the only reoccurring character in this whole oh, series. He appears twice in two episodes, and this is his first one. Uh, okay. That's going to be yeah. interesting then, yeah. Because that's, again, four episodes in. That's that's even, at this early stage, going to make it quite unique if this guy turns up again later on. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to talking yeah. about that with you. So, where I'm can in. they find you, Sai? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Chuck, the network a follow is the best thing to do. And you can find that on Facebook and Twitter at SJP World Media. And from there, you get all the links to all the different shows that the network carries. I mean, sort of looking back on television, uh, TV reviews, I guess, like this. We have a show covering uh, Doctor Who. We have a show covering Quantum Leap. There's loads of wrestling content, music content, all sorts of stuff going on there. So, yeah, at SJP World Media on facebook and twitter um yeah and i suppose chuck it all to follow on your podcast players as well make sure you're subscribed subscribe to the youtube as well for when chain wrestling goes live on a monday and all that great stuff mate perfect so uh yeah you can get me on uh, at morty jr5 normally talking nonsense uh you can also find me on uh, at morty underscore fitch underscore pod which is a different podcast that i'm on very different to this um which is just genuinely, me and a giant man baby genuine belly laughs when i listen to it mate it cracks me up every <laughs> single week thanks man. i love I appreciate it that. i love it it's uh it's utter nonsense um <laughs> But it, it's a bit, it's usually within an hour, uh, and it's usually just a bit of escapism. Just just put us on for an hour and listen to two absolute numpties talk about, argue about bacon and blue, he microwaves bacon now. He leaves cupboard doors, he opens cupboard doors and then walks away like that's the job finished. Mm-hmm. He's, just, yeah. he's just a giant man baby. Cooking um, salmon in the dishwasher was what I was Cooking salmon in the though. dishwasher. What is yeah. wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> I also have my quirks. Uh, you do indeed. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bit of fun. So go and listen to us uh, on there sometimes as well. And come back and listen to us next week uh, when we keep diving into this uh, forgotten little gem. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, also at Murder in Mind Pod on Twitter. You can actually follow the show itself, can't you? I suppose yep. we, better, we better put that out because it's Good the idea. actual Twitter for the show that we're talking <laughs> on right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Great. See you next week.